Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I am Kevin David Thomas. And this is our favorite things. I don't know why I said it like that. I like that. it like that. That's do good. you like it like that? Yeah, no, we should do it like that every our time. Favorite, my favorite things. My worst. It's, <laughs> do you know? Oh, Please. I was just going to say, you know, I still giggle. You know, we ask for people to do our ratings and stuff, and we have that little tag in the front of it. Yeah. I still, because I do listen to our th- you know throwback Thursdays. I, I still laugh at you doing the Paul Lynn doing Shiksa Goddess, Paul. I mean, Rob, I'm like dying. I called you Paul just now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, like, you very much, Kevin. I like, kills me. Oh my God. I used to do a really good one, and I do not know what happened. I'd it's, like it's, to see your one man Paul in show. Actually, that, uh, I think that would be really, really good. Well, actually, I'm going into Hamilton <laughs> as Paul in. I would give anything for a wrap of that. I want you to work that up, workshop that, and give me like a nice, you know, the opening number. Or well, something I'm, like I'm that. actually going in for Peggy. Oh. <laughs> it's just one lyric I have, and I walk away. They go Eliza and Peggy, <laughs> and then I just walk off stage. <laughs> He could be in the room where it happens. He could. He should be. He, he, he should be in the room where it happens. Always. Every room. How does a bastard orphan? <laughs> Thank you. That's how. God, do I love me some Paul You do. I really do. Center square all the way. <laughs> Center square. <laughs> Speaking of, I mean, can yeah. we mention that? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we're well, very... Probably. Yes, actually. Yeah, we can. One of our upcoming guests, we just secured him. I'm so excited. Is... Peter Marshall, yeah. um, best known probably for hosting Hollywood Squares, but has had a long theatrical career yeah. and has worked with some incredible legends himself, in addition to himself being yeah. a wonderful legend. Um, I, I want to ask him about Paul uh-huh. Land. I want to ask him. And, and Charles maybe, Nelson Riley. Wasn't Charles, oh, Charles Nelson, Nelson Riley. Was he on there as well? Yeah. Uh, no, Charles no, Nelson Riley was match game. match game. Dumb Dora was so dumb. <laughs> How dumb was she? <laughs> Gene Rayburn's real long, thin microphone. I love that. (laughs) Cable just out to here. You know what I heard on those shows? That they would film them all in one day. So what they would do is is they would do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They would film Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday show, take a huge dinner break, and across the street was a bar. And they would all go over and get plastered and then come back and tape Thursday and Friday shows. So somebody was saying, if you watch the show, the later in the week it gets... (laughs) The sloppier they become, I love that. And it's that. because they were drinking on they their were very break. Comfortable in some episodes, like just oh, like, yeah. like just real, like hanging well, out. Well, I always feel shit. bad because then they start to like shoot the contestant in the foot, yeah. Because they're drunk and they just want to make each care. other laugh. They don't yeah. care. This poor like nurse from Pacoima <laughs> is hoping to get five hundred dollars, and they're making <laughs> jokes about Betty White to yeah. her expense. And I'm like, God bless them. So anyway, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so Peter Marshall's going to come on. I love it's that. Very exciting. Circle gets the square. Yeah. All right, Kevin, what's your favorite? I have a thing? book today. I have a, a book. book. Now I must confess, I, don't I th- wish I could read. I, I don't think a lot of people are going to hear this, and I don't think a lot of people are going to go run out and buy this book because it's a very specific book. I would call it a reference book. A reference per, book. Perchance, not even a coffee table book. It's a reference book. Okay. Now I have definitely read it cover to cover uh, when it came out. It came out in two thousand four. It needs an update. Definitely needs an update okay. because there have been many cast recordings since 2004. Oh, yes. Yeah. We have to thank Theater Mania for, in 2004, putting – and Michael Portantier, um, who, who is a Genius. pioneer of you know, 
the news and Broadway information getting to the masses. Um, and it, it's a the Theater Mania Guide for Musical Theater Recordings. How specific is that? I'm obsessed with this book. I love this book. I literally, <laughs> oh gosh, I'm going to push my glasses up on my nose and nerd out on you. But I, when I was on tour with Les Mis, I bought this book. It was like 2004, right when it came out. Definitely, I bought it right away. And, and back then, I had some money, so I would just buy cash recordings right and left, um, especially the older stuff. And this book, had, they had like something like over a dozen people. But people like Ken Bloom, Gerard Alessandrini, the guy who did you know, Forbidden Broadway, yeah. Peter Felicia, who we're going to interview very soon. Um, they had a whole roster of, of legitimate cast recording, I would say, aficionados, who would then, they divvied out all the recordings out there, and they had them all listen to it and review them. So you'd get like a paragraph uh, review, one to five stars, only, only a couple five stars in there, and uh, of their opinions on these cast recordings. And you had multiple, you would have all of the Jesus Christ Superstars and all of the, you know, um, Oklahomas and all of that. So it wasn't just the one, you know, Broadway production. It was all of them. And you get little uh, opinions on these recordings. And I read it cover to cover, and I would star all the, I would check the ones that I had. I'm not kidding you. I would check the ones I had, and I would star the ones I like. And I, I still in my wallet to this day, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I still, I wrote a list out on a file card of the all the five-star ones because if I didn't have the five-star a five-star recording I felt like grass harp you know and stuff oh, like yeah. that or like most happy fella I was like I need to get this so then I would I would make that list so I always had it on me so if I ever I you know if I was ever at a because I used to go to stores and just look through all the cast albums of course and so I would know of course and uh, and then I would know which ones I didn't have so I would cross it off my list and I still have it in my wallet I don't look at it very often anymore but um yeah, I think that is incredible. The book had like an indelible impression on me as a 24 year old. I'm, I'm 35 now, and it still does. <laughs> it is. It is a really a fantastic book, and I do think it should be updated. It's a really cool book, and what they also do at the beginning, if you remember, they 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 alphabetize it by um, show title, but then at each like A B C D E F G each chapter, like chapter A, it would have like Jerry Herman's favorite shows, and they interviewed all these people, and they would have. Um, their their favorite ones, and so you would get to see, you know, he, Jerry Herman loves the tree grows in Brooklyn, just like me, you know, and uh, they, but they even include shows like Chuchin Chow, everyone's favorite, everyone's favorite. I love that show. I don't know that show they at all. They talk too much about Oklahoma, but it was really Chuchim Chow. It was all about really... Chuchim But everything from that to Carousel. I mean, it was, it was all of them. And it's a thick, uh, it's a great book. It's big. It's very, chronicles everything. Now, anything past 2004, no, you're not going to get. It's not in there. Um, and I would love for them to update it. But there's so many cast recordings now. I mean, it's, it might be hard yeah. to. But they did it to begin with. And it was quite an, quite an undertaking, I have to say, for them to have uh, truly, as a whole, all you know, 16 of them, listened to every single Recording that, for the most part, there now they they narrowed it down to Broadway productions. It could have, it, like, in other words, if yeah. it only stayed in London, they didn't. Yeah, re, like spend, spend, spend was not in there, or like I'm trying to think. I mean, that was that's, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, it was, it was like 2003 or four that that came out. But um, or I'm trying to think of other shows like maybe Love to, Love from Judy that that show like so never, that stuff doesn't so that go kind in of there. stuff that never came to Broadway yeah. they don't include per se and movie musicals of course they don't as well but but anything on Broadway and off Broadway too they they do off Broadway recordings that's as well. really interesting so yeah it's I you know is, is it something everyone's going to go on Amazon right now and buy probably not but if you're a fan of the of the musical theater and you're a fan of cast recordings or if you just want to learn a little bit about some shows that you thought I didn't even know this show existed what's Chuchin Chow anyway <laughs> this will tell you and what I also like is that they included. Uh, 
shows that never made it to CD. They did like Don, well now like Donnie Brook. Donnie Brook they review that and now it's only on record. Just a record. And, and never I think been on maybe CD. now it's been changed. Like a like a, a time for singing. That's now digital. You can get that. Yeah. But that used to be a show that you could only get on record. I don't know if they review Angel. I'm going to say no because it was How not a it was not a commercial they? release. The Angels are a little uh, our holy grail of cast recordings because you can't can't find it anywhere i i, I should have it on display on i the thought wall you used somewhere. to i, I, I used to but i was worried somebody was going to steal it so i <laughs> i blocked it up namely in the bank. me <laughs> <laughs> kevin comes i have to hide my angels album <laughs> kevin's here put it away oh god yeah so it's a it's a really it's a fun little book and it, and it was a it was really important to me as a collector you know and i so. think it's i think it's a wonderful resource and if you're a student of musical theater and you're listening to us I think it's essential for you to have. Agreed, agreed. And Absolutely. some of the opinions I may agree with and may not agree with, yeah. but I th- still think it's really fun to, to read about them. You know? Like, for example, hearing... like for Merrily, mm-hmm. they'll list every album that of Merrily We Roll Along that's ever been produced, and they'll usually say that this one is better than the other yes, two. exactly. And that's where a debate comes in, and that's what's totally. exciting. I love we'll, it. You know, we love debating this stuff the same way people who love sports, you know, who is the best baseball player? Totally. You know, and uh, I would say Joe Hardy. Yeah, good. <laughs> I just listened to Damn Yankees actually. Did you really? Yeah, that's so good. Every song's a hit tune. Yeah. I, I feel I know more about sports through musicals than I do about actual, <laughs> you know. Uh, thank God for Damn Yankees. I would know nothing about baseball. <laughs> Strike three, ball four. Okay, there we go. I got it. Yeah. I know what's happening. Now I know what's going on. I know what's <laughs> happening. Good for the Senators this year. Oh, my God. So what do you have today? Oh, mine. Uh, mine this year. Mine this year. Are you kidding me? Mine, mine this year, and then I'm going to retire. <laughs> I hibernate until <laughs> I can get a ticket to Hamilton. Don't wake me. Exactly. 1997. So we're getting a little bit 90s now. Yeah. Get out my, you know, denim and frosted tips. <laughs> um, I had frosted tips. John Kander, Fred Ebb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what it is? Steel Pier. Absolutely. Yeah. Steel Pier. Yeah. Uh, for uh, forgotten, the... I would say a, a, a score that maybe people don't associate always with, with Kander and Ebb. You know what? It never gets produced you know, anywhere. I think it'd be hard to, right? Because it's so many dancers. It's very difficult. For those of you who don't know, Steel Pier is one of the last show, one of the last Kander and Ebb shows where John Kander, was, uh, Fred Ebb was still alive for it. We didn't yeah. really have that's right. Because mo- the mo- the ones since 2004 on... They wrote is- Scottsboro Boys, but which, and he was to deceased. me was one of the... We'll talk Curtains about that another day. Yep, was Curtains. deceased. Yep. The Visit, deceased. Yeah, that's right. So Steel Pier is one of the last where he's still around to, to witness what's going on. It's John Kander, Fred Ebb, and it's a musical about 1930s dance marathons, which it was originally based on a movie called They Shoot Horses, Don't They?, which is a fantastic movie. What a title. Which was about... These individuals who, in order to earn some extra money during the Depression, would go to these all-night dance marathons. Which existed? I mean, I don't they know much totally about these existed. dance and marathons. They totally existed. And the rules would be the contestants must dance for 45 minutes every hour, followed by a 15-minute break. If they fall, collapse, or for any reason stop dancing, they will be disqualified. And Amazing. it was great. You would get a nice check out of it. And so in the Depression... It was a good way to earn money, but you needed to have stamina. And these things would go on 24 hours, 48 hours. So there was no sleep. There was no eating. You had to constantly be on your feet. And it wasn't just like waltzing and tangoing. It was every single energetic dance you could think of. And so they made a movie about it in the 70s. And the movie, if you've never seen it, it stars Jane Fonda. It's really good. It's a really good movie. So Kander and Ebb tried to get the rights to that. They were denied the rights to that. So they created their own 
movie, their own musical mm-hmm. with a similar concept, except they added an other world element to it, which is there is a pilot whose plane was down, and the ghost of this pilot returns to make amends with the girl that he stood up years ago. And the young the woman's played by Karen Ziemba. Yeah. Uh, the pilot was played by a really, really wonderful actor named Daniel McDaniel, who's since passed. Oh, I don't know. Um, he passed a few years ago. And he, it's a really wonderful show. Karen Ziemba plays uh, this girl who was called Lindy's Lovebird. She was supposed to be the first girl that Charles Lindbergh kissed when he returned ah. back from his trip, and that's her notoriety She's and her a true fame. She's triple threat, just to say. Karen, I mean, Karen Ziemba. yeah, a great, fantastic dancer in her, in her own right, and she, a singer-actress. Yeah. yeah, she can do no wrong. Yeah. She, can, she can also do no wrong. Her performance on the recording is heartbreaking, mm. uh, and you you can sense the pain, you can sense her ache, you can sense her loneliness. It's the first musical Kristen Chenoweth was ever in. Yeah, Deborah Monk is oh. in it. She sings a song called "Everybody's Girl." Everybody loves that song. Um, Gregory Harrison, TV star, he's been mm. in a few musicals as well. Mm-hmm. He plays the guy who presides over the the dance marathon. He's very sadistic. Right. It's a really, really good, good musical. The choreography was it by? Yeah, Stroman? Susan Stroman. Yeah. And the choreography, that's why I think it's complicated. It's got to be amazing. Which I is mean. you need about 30 people. They all need to be incredible dancers. Yeah. And they have to go through every single dance vocabulary style from the 1930s imaginable. And it's a really, really good show. Songs that you might know would be First You Dream, mm. Everybody's Girl, Second Chance. Um, and Willing to Ride. Willing to Ride, which is the yeah. Karen Ziemba's yeah. big song at the beginning of the show. The problem, they say, with Steel Pier was... It was just coming off of Chicago. So Chicago, it, the revival of Chicago. Right. So, which was very dark, which was very cynical. And then um, the revival of Cabaret was starting to percolate, which was also very yeah. dark, very cynical. And so in the middle of all this comes Steel Pier, which is actually a very optimistic show. In a lot of ways. It's same songwriting team for those who may be oh, yeah, on so a rock. Sorry, so, no, no, no. So but Kander like Chicago and, and Cabaret are both by Kandernet, obviously. And the idea, the uh, most of the reviews kept saying was when they stick to cynicism and they stick to exposing society's flaws and humanity's flaws, they're great. We really don't want to hear their cheery stuff. And I, and I think they were unfairly compared to their own work. Wow. And I think that's why the show didn't really succeed the way they were supposed to. And also, I had heard this. I don't know if this is true. And if somebody out there knows the answer to this, I would love to know. Apparently, in previews, you did not know that the pilot was dead. And it was only until at the closing curtain of Act 1 did they reveal he was a ghost Mm. the whole time. So next to normal. and uh, So next to normal. And uh, as I understand it, the creative team was concerned... And they made it very clear at the beginning he was a ghost. Mm. So there really wasn't any tension. Mm. And there really was nothing to get you back. You know, at the end of Act 1, you always want to have something that takes you into Act 2, a cliffhanger. And they didn't really feel there was a cliffhanger at the end of Act 1, so why come back? And that was the issue that was going on. So mine this week is Steel Pier. It only ran 76 performances. I'm hoping it'll come back at some point. I think it's a great show. It's a great score. You know, if you love Candor and Ebb, I think this is a great one to look at. Check it out. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's mine. Still here. The, uh, the Theater Mania Guide to Musical Theater Recordings. What a fun! You're going to have a fun week ahead. So get that book and look up Still Pier. <laughs> I'm Rob Schneider. I'm Kevin David Thomas. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. 
Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now. And get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org. Because only together we rise.